This is Judy Jean Kwan, your host. America Redefined is a part personal diary, part interview, and part resource podcast for immigrants, where we explore the American immigrant experience, and I want to share with you what it's really like to be an immigrant in America. Do you have a dream? And how far will you go to get it? Are you willing to go to the other side of the earth? I, Yoshihara, is from Japan. Ever since she was a child growing up in Japan, I knew she was going to come to America. All she knew about America was what she saw in the movies. And as a little girl, she fell in love with River Phoenix. You heard that right. Yes, I said River Phoenix. In 1994, I finally got the opportunity to come to America as an exchange student, and she traveled to the other side of the earth in search of her River Phoenix. So I was like dreaming about coming to America, right? It's all I saw with all the movies and magazines. It was like, um, you know, Hollywood, like palm trees and girls uh, rollerblading uh, or roller skating by the beach. I, initially, I wanted to come to America was uh, I wanted to find someone like River Phoenix. First place I went to was uh, Texas. So when I got there in Texas was like like nothing but big land and cows. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, there's a college uh, name was University of Mary Hardin Baylor. It's a strict Christian school, which I didn't really know. <laughs> about Christianity. I kind of knew that was a Christian school, but I, my expectations, they're completely, uh, like, they blow my mind because I'm not a relig religious person. Then when I got there, I have to study the Bible study, and then they made us go to Sunday church. It was a crazy. They're nice to our face. But they didn't like us because we were not committed Christian. That's the only America I knew, you know, from TV or movies. So you thought all of America was like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like when you saw the cows? Were you like, I was like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I went back to Japan and and I came back, but I went to Reno. Um, I transferred school to University of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and UNLV. As a um, so like I went to Christian school, and then first and then ended up Sin City like party school. <laughs> White guy, blonde. <laughs> That's it. I found one. Actually, he had a green eyes, but close enough. So, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> he asked to dance 
with my friend, but she wasn't interested in him. So she said, uh, why don't you dance with I? So that's how I met him. So he wasn't interested in me in the first place at all. My visa status was expiring. So I told him, uh, I think I'm going back to Japan. And he said, why don't we just get married? What did you just say? And did you just propose to me? And like, it was really, sh it was shocking to me. Like, I don't, I didn't want to marry for green card. I was expecting like, you know, romantic thing. So I said no first. And then second time he said, are you sure you're going back to Japan? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And like, and the third time he got pissed off. Like, no, don't be stupid. And, oh, I know you want to stay here. It's just, just we should just get married. I said, okay, fine. And so, <laughs> oh my God. So wedding day, we went to court. We both have to work after that. It's like, and then we're in a hurry. When I got to court, we had a ring, and in, which I bought. And then the pastor said, uh, no, you don't need ring to, rings to get married. You need a witness. So Brian went to um, his work. It's like a the couple blocks away from the court. And he was a barback at the time. And he grabbed one of his uh, customer from the bar. But he was a homeless guy. <laughs> he was coughing whole time. <laughs> it, he smelled so bad. He smelled like piss and uh, alcohol. And I go, holy shit. So it took 10 minutes to get married and then and six months later the homeless guy passed away from the lung cancer. That's why he was coughing so hard. This first culture shock was like, you know, in Asia, ignore someone is the worst thing to do. Usually we don't do that, no matter how sad or how you're in trouble like you don't like ignore someone unless you really hate the person oh. we still say hi and then to respect and america like one day i said hi right and then next time you know when i saw he or she and he just say, won't say anything just walk past like didn't know me he told me that he just had a girlfriend broke up with him. He was so sad and he didn't want to talk to anyone. You know, those personal things affect other people. Japanese people, we say, if we say, I'll call you, and they say, okay, I will call you at eight o'clock. The person will call. And like, if you don't do what you said, you will lose, you know, you will have bad reputation and nobody will trust you and then nobody won't, you know, want to do anything with you. So, but American people are more loose about that. But I got adjusted pretty quickly. So, when I said, I'll call you, mean I don't really need to call <laughs> you. Back then, I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't, nobody had a cell phone. And then we have to do like homework together my, with my classmates. And it's, oh yeah, I'll call you. So I was waiting and waiting, waiting in my room. And then no call. Monday I go to school and then, she said, oh yeah, I forgot. 
so we couldn't do homework together. So she said, oh, can I copy your homework? <laughs> in here in America, like people go to see psychiatrists or therapy. And in Japan, we will never tell anyone that what family member is going to see a psychiatrist or uh, it's a very like shameful thing so like everything we just hide everything i feel like every time i go back to japan i feel that way it's just uh, everything is changed so much and in my hometown is like nothing like when i was grow up because i grew up like middle of a rice farm and a few houses I knew all my neighbors, but when I go back to Japan now, like all the rice farm is gone and I don't even know my neighbors. Because <laughs> like in, in Asian people always like likes to do things with group, same people. And I was always just like to do things my, my, my own. I like to hang out with a different type of, of people. That's why when I was in in Japan, it was a little hard for me. If I want to go see a movie, and I just go by myself sometimes. In Japan, people are like, oh, that's weird. But I hear, if I want to do it, it doesn't matter. I just can't do it. But no matter where I go, I never felt, even in Japan, even here, it doesn't matter where I, I was. I've always felt I'm an outsider, I'm, yeah. Here in America, I am not American. I mean, I'm, I have American citizenship, but people won't treat me as, a, as an American. But when I go back to Japan, I'm, they think I'm Americanized. And then my mom is like, you American. I'm like, <laughs> I am still Japanese in my heart. No, you're American. <laughs> like, because I gave up Japanese citizenship. And then... Yeah, and also like, and she knew that I'm not willing to come back to Japan. Don't I don't want to go back to Japan because I can't live there. I, it's fun to visit, you know, to see my friends and the family. But to live in Japan, do you know how many people commit suicide in Japan? It's like, oh my God, it's so bad. Whoa, so at this point, point we have to take a little pause i wanted to find out more about the suicide thing that she mentioned um so i actually googled <laughs> wikipedia wikipedia gives a list of countries by suicide rate according to the who the world health organization japan listed number 17 united states list number 50 and the ranking of suicides but in this list i was really shocked to find that south korea where i'm from or my parents are from listed number two what is the reason why are south koreans killing themselves for god's sakes so um it says here one reason for its high suicide rate compared to other countries in the developed world is a large amount of suicide among the elders and it continues to talk about how the elderly in south korea are killing themselves because in korea the social welfare system is poorly funded 
And back in the days, the children would live with their parents and take care of them into their old age. But now, with the westernization of Korea, they are moving out, living on their own. So they are not living with their parents. Um, Poverty is widespread among senior citizens. And nearly half the country's elderly population, I guess, are poor and they live below the poverty line. And they don't want to be a burden to their family so they're going and killing themselves Uh, which actually now that I think about it brings me back to a memory of mine as a kid when I was growing up in Korea it was common knowledge back in the days in South Korea when you got old and you were no longer useful or no longer able to take care of yourself then um, you become a burden to the family. And the family usually can't do much to help you because they're also struggling themselves. And they would have like the eldest male carry their parents on their back into the woods, into the mountains, and just leave them there to get either eaten by wild animals like tigers or they would starve to death. That was how you took care of your elders (laughs) when your family is poor and struggling and you can't take care of yourself and uh, your parent who's elderly can't take care of themselves anymore and there is no government social system to help help you out or your parent out that is what happens you're between a rock and a hard place and it's not like these kids of the elderly parents wanted to just go and put their parents up in the mountains they had no choice it was a struggle for survival that was just reality that was life anyway i yoshihara has found her river phoenix her prince charming and his name is brian did i's river phoenix ended up being everything that she dreamed of usually the the casinos on the strip employees are not allowed to gamble at, at, at the hotel that they're working mm-hmm. but his hotel was a downtown and then it was kind of little ghetto so the employees are their VIPs basically <laughs> and right before we got married uh, Brian started working at the bar after he working there and he starts changing first paycheck after we got married he spent all his paycheck on gambling and then he got fired from his work so pretty much three first three years i supported him (laughs) my river phoenix was a drug addict too so (laughs) no his mom was wonderful she let her let us live there for maybe six months she was actually really nice to me. And when we found out that um, my ex-husband was, a, you know, in, a, in deep trouble, both of us, like, teamed up. And then we sent him to the rehab center. First time, we didn't work. And the second time, it worked. But I was so exhausted. So I asked him to uh, divorce me. I told him, okay, I need to leave. I can't do this anymore.
I love about America is it's okay for me to say what I want or say my opinions. And in Japan, I was always in trouble because I expressed my feeling too much. I feel like when I go back to Japan, even though society changed, but I still feel like I have to be old me when I'm in Japan. New me is like, is a monster. <laughs> If I want to do something, nobody can stop me. So I was really shy. Right, because my English was so bad. I thought nobody understand what I'm saying. So and I start taking acting class because I don't need to think about what I'm gonna say. Just read off what's in front of me. But acting was harder than I thought. But I, my, I had a really good teacher, and he said like, don't worry about lines. Just express yourself. He always told、um, students, you know, in, if you wanna stay in Vegas, stay in Vegas and do entertainment. Work. You gotta be magician or stripper. If you're neither, you have to move to LA. And,、uh, okay, so a few of us <laughs> just moved to LA. <laughs> I never thought thought I'm gonna do acting. I don't wanna date another drug addict. So. <laughs> I'm done with River Phoenix. I think I I had a chance to work with the Gaspar Sant.、Uh, it was I was like I couldn't talk to him because I was but I was so it was shocking to me. Oh my god, the guy who directed you know River Phoenix movie. I'm working with him. Like yeah, that was amazing. He was really nice. The movie is called The Sea of Trees. Yes, it's already out last summer. So this fact has been、um, on my mind, and it's been actually bugging me ever since I found out about the suicide in Korea. And um, um, so my experience with the Korean culture. There's a lot of good,、um, as we know, and bad with everything, and、um, the bad parts of it started coming up for me when I found out about the suicide rate in America. The great thing that I learned living in America is that it doesn't matter how much money you have; you still have to earn your respect. You you can't just expect to be respected just because you have a crap load of money. Versus in Korea, just because you are wealthy. People kowtow down to you, and they show you this false respect. And I guess it's like that everywhere, but it seems to me in Korea that it's heightened. Maybe it has to do with the fact that you know Korea comes from this social class system where there's the yangban who is the aristocracy, and then the rest of the people are slaves. And the aristocracy, the yangban. Is、uh, carried down by blood, so you have to be born into it. And if you're not an aristocrat or a royalty, you're just basically slaves, and you're just permanently slaves for the rest of your life. So maybe it is a continuation of that, but in the more modern world with democracy and capitalism, the whole treatment of 
people that are not wealthy, the regular folks that are kind of like slaves, actually act like one and um, kowtow to the more wealthier um, Koreans. In Korean culture, I remember they were very much focused on appearances. Everything is super clean. In Korea, you can't go around with holes in your jeans or your jacket. You can't walk around in public with disheveled hair and look unkept. Um, and also, I remember in Korea, you can't even have dents in your car. Like, everything has to be pristine. A lot of it is about appearances. And so, um, everybody's concerned with how you look and what you're wearing, what you're driving. And it's um, um, very much a culture nowadays that is focused on how wealthy you look. And being a Korean American, I never belonged anywhere and was not included in any one group. And as a child, that was kind of an um, issue for me. But as I get older, I realize it's a blessing um, because it gives me a broader perspective and the ability to see things that people that are automatically born into one culture can't see or they take for granted. And I could say one of the great things about America is that the government is set up to protect its people. And also the Americans are generous. Social services, social security, unemployment, and various other social um, departments in America are there for you when you desperately need it. Generally speaking, philanthropy is a foreign concept in Korea. And I would say also the Korean neighbors. When I was growing up in Korea, I never heard of anybody giving generous anonymous donations that is not somehow tied to a family or somebody you consider a family or a nepotism. And I didn't even know such things like philanthropy existed until I was in America. And when I did learn of it, it took me a long time to wrap my head around the whole concept. At first, I was like, why are you throwing money away to strangers? <laughs> Which I think is kind of like, was like my Korean way of thinking about it. And then I realized that we need to help the less fortunate. Not just our family, but those of us that are humans that are not as, as lucky to have the opportunities that we had. I mean, it's, it's human decency and kindness. And then I thought, hey, maybe it was because I was too young when I was living in Korea. So I just didn't know what philanthropy was. And, you know, so I'm like, hey, let me let me just check up on this. So I Googled again. <laughs> yes, data. And yes, I was shocked once again. And according to the Giving Index published by the Charities Aid Foundation in 2011. Okay, my cat's driving me nuts. Sorry about that. I have a crazy cat. Um, this list of the giving index published by the Charities Aid Foundation in 2011, it said that China is the least likely to be altruistic and the least likely to volunteer. And then um, it gives a whole list of all the countries and U.S. ranked number five, Canada number two. Japan was number 121 which was kind of depressing it was on the bottom of the list below below these poorest countries in the world nepal 
below South Africa, be, below Niger, be, below Nambia. And Korea was a little bit better than Japan, but not that much better. Korea was 82. So um, I wanted to make a point that Americans are generous. People in America expect to be treated with the same level of decency no matter how much money you have or who your family is or who you're connected to. It's not a social norm here in America to kowtow to somebody that you think has a higher status than you. And um, you're not automatically given this false respect just because you come from a certain family or certain class of, uh, of money or a certain class. So anyway, that's just my two cents. It's just been bugging me. No, never. That was my struggle when I was in Japan. I was too opinionated. I was always had a fight with the, you know, men, and I also don't like when men told me what to do because I know what I want, what I want to do, and then I have brain. I can decide. I did a full circle. She came to America from Japan in search of her river phoenix, only to discover, hey, she could be an actress too. And she could be her own river phoenix. Not to mention, she got the opportunity to work with Gus Van Sant, who directed one of my favorite films, My Own Private Idaho. You know that little voice that's in your head and drives you crazy? This is the part where I like to ask my guests, what language is your inner monologue talking to you in? I think in English, but when I'm talking to my Japanese friends, everything is Japanese. Switches, yeah. And then when I dream, it depends on who is in my dream. So like if mom is in my dream, and it's weird if she speaks English, so she speaks Japanese in my dream. But, yeah. And here's I talking about our next project. So I'm writing this um, one woman show about my marriage. The title is My Own Private River Phoenix. Thank you for listening to another episode of America Redefined. Please subscribe to America Redefined on iTunes or SoundCloud. You could also go to my website, www.yomamarice.com, for links to the data mentioned in this episode today, and also links to more information on I, Yoshihara. If you have any stories to share, have any concerns or comments, you could also email me at yomamarice at gmail.com. How are you giving back?